Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wool on us. Painting and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. As many listeners probably know, I'm somewhat obsessed with understanding innovation and business models, and one company in particular has caught my attention over the last few years, and I'm somewhat amazed, actually, that it doesn't get more attention. While everyone seems focused on the big companies that are innovating in big ways like Apple, Tesla, or Google, and Facebook, the most fascinating company to me, frankly, is a small one known as Humble Bundle. Yes, it's the small indie game platform, and it strikes me as a study in innovation, specifically because of a series of different innovations that it has put into its business uh, and its business model that make it work in such a compelling way. If you aren't familiar with it, Humble Bundle started out as just a way to promote a group of indie game developers by letting them offer a time-limited bundle of games and let people pay what they want for it. By itself, this may not seem that revolutionary, but Humble Bundle did a whole bunch of things within this offering that struck me as really clever and really powerful. And it's that combination, or bundle, I guess, of innovations that continues to amaze me. Often, companies find one or two killer features, but Humble Bundle has done it on so many levels. Uh, So I'm going to discuss eight of the interesting innovations that I think are most interesting, Uh, Though, to be honest, I have an even longer list of them, but these are the core ones. And then we'll discuss what other companies might be able to learn from all of this. So let's start with innovation one, uh, and that's just the bundling. Uh, Bundling is an economic idea that is often used, but frequently in ways that people don't necessarily like, such as your cable TV channel bundle. Uh, But here it's actually done in a way that seems really compelling, like you're getting a bonus. Innovation number two the pay-what-you-want feature. A few companies or content creators have dipped their toes into the water with pay-what-you-want offerings, but no one has really totally committed to it in the way that Humble Bundle did. Innovation number three, limited-time offerings of a week to uh, two weeks. Basically, a strong incentive to take the deal now because it's going to go away. Innovation number four, the leaderboard. With each bundle, there's a leaderboard of the top 10 contributors. In some ways, I've always seen this as an equivalent to Google AdSense. If you pay a premium, you get to effectively advertise yourself by getting your name or Twitter handle on the leaderboard. And it helps encourage at least some to pay larger sums of money for the bundle. Innovation number five, which is the beat the average feature. There are real-time stats on how much has been bought and how much people have paid for the bundle, which is kind of neat on its own, but some of the products in the bundle are only available if you beat the average price. This creates incentives to keep increasing the average price, so as each time people beat the average, the average itself creeps up, and with it, an incentive to buy early rather than waiting until later, so you can beat the average at a lower price. Innovation number six, 
adding additional products halfway through the time-limited bundle. I don't know if this has ever actually been officially discussed, but in most Humble Bundle offerings, about halfway through, they announce new products that are included in the bundle. These are automatically given to those who purchased earlier and are in the the beat-the-average pool for later buyers. This also obviously encourages people to commit early and gives people a nice additional bonus beyond their original purchases. Innovation number seven, the charitable split. There's actually been academic research on this that says that when you offer to pay a pay-what-you-want deal, if you offer to donate some of the proceeds to charity, it actually leads to people giving significantly more money. And related to this, and possibly a separate innovation, but we'll lump it into this innovation number seven, is that Humble Bundle gives you sliders that allow you to determine how you want the money that you pay to be allocated. So you can split it up between the developers, between Humble itself, or between the charities. And innovation number eight is that they focus on offering things DRM-free. Humble makes sure that people aren't going to have issues down the road with the games that they buy, preferring to make them available DRM-free and even offering BitTorrent options for downloading. There are a few other interesting things as well that they do, including making it very easy for people to pay via whatever payment mechanism they like best. But those eight big innovations are the ones that I actually find most interesting and which I think combine to make it a really powerful platform. Humble has expanded over time and they now offer uh, a standalone store as well and, and many more frequent bundles than when they started. And they've expanded beyond just games, and they've offered music bundles and ebook bundles as well, though the company still mostly focuses on games. Given just how fascinating this combination of innovations is to me, I wanted to have a discussion with our regular co host, Dennis Yang and Hirsch Reddy, about these innovations and what other companies uh, might learn from Humble. So, uh, with that, we'll, we'll switch it to the discussion. Hi, guys. Hey. And uh, so, what do we think? Is is there a lesson to be learned, or is is humble, uh, you know, a unique case that that only works for those guys? I mean, first the first thing that I kind of wonder is, um, I mean, it, it does seem like they're incorporating a lot of very fascinating like strategies, like you mm-hmm. said. But does it work when your the products aren't digital assets or? Yeah, I mean, it becomes a lot tougher. People have tried some aspects of, you know, people have done pay what you want. um, And there have been experiments with, like, uh, musicians doing pay what you want CDs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think it works in some cases, but obviously it becomes a lot more difficult if there's, you know, with with digital, you have the zero marginal cost, right? So even if someone pays nothing, you're not necessarily losing something. Right, because, I mean, basically, as, as kind of you've discussed on Tech Dirt before, like with a product with zero marginal cost, Essentially, has a lot of downward price pressure. Right. right. Yeah. Um, because if you can, if you essentially the marginal cost of each additional unit that's sold is zero, then what's like? How are you convincing people that they should pay pay anything other than zero? Right. That and that, but that's kind of what Humble Bundle is doing. Right. So so so, you know, and and you know, you could go beyond just the pay what you want. Right. So yeah, yeah. pay what you want becomes a lot more difficult when you have a marginal cost, right? right? And you can still pay zero, right, for most of the bundles. Is that is that correct? Or? I, I don't know, actually. Yeah. Uh, I've never tried. I mean, I've bought a whole bunch of the bundles. Um, I think it makes... But I, mean, I, always, I remember I their, their first Humble Bundle, when you put zero, I think they made fun of you. <laughs> but they, 
you can still pay zero and, and get um, at least the stuff that's uh, allocated for the below average payments. But I think the interesting thing to also see is that you said you bought a few Humble Bundles, right? Yeah, I bought a bunch, actually. You bought, so you bought a bunch. Did you use, say, even 50% of the content that you got no, in those bundles? not even close. I've bought a lot of bundles, and I have to date to start enjoying even one piece of content that I've bought. <laughs> I, just, I have well, audiobooks, I have video games, I have all these things. And, and yet, I, I'll probably still buy some more in the future. So I think there's like that element of, this is a great deal. Let's just jump on it. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I think it, I feel like Humble Bundle, um, you know, the old woot.com or the new meh.com. Mm-hmm. Have, I mean, Mike, I know you're quite a fan or you used to be quite I, a fan I, of I Woot. I was quite addicted to Woot <laughs> for quite some time. And um, and I think there's another one called AppSumo. I don't know if yeah, you guys sure. use that I'm one. Very familiar um, with AppSumo. Are the, like all of these, you know, sites are really good at selling things. Yeah. Well, um, I, and and in in most of those cases, what it really is is just the the short term deal, right? And and people do it because they don't want to miss out on the on and the a deal. Good, it's a short term deal, and but, but it's a, often really a, good deal, a really really good deal. And and in fact, you know, there are there are lessons that 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 uh, lots of other people are taking from that. And in fact, I mean, we now have the TechDirt uh, daily deals on our site, yeah. Which is you know that we're partnering with a company called Stack Commerce and. You know they're doing some of these things, including daily deal and short-term deals, but also um, some of them include, um, uh, you know, like bundled courses. There's a lot of like, uh, right. uh, you know, learning courses, and those are those are those are our, great. Our yeah. most popular sellers. I mean, I've I've bought a lot of kind of online courses from AppSumo mm-hmm. um, just because you know that it's either free or really really cheap. And the, and the thing about the online courses, it's the same as any other digital content. It's already created, yep. so they're just basically looking to yeah. and in sell our it case, at any price, right? Yeah, in our case, I mean, it depends. We've done a few different ones, and some of them have been pure pay-what-you-want, very much like Humble right. Bundle. Some of them have just been you know, heavily discounted and, and whatever. And definitely, you know, people respond to, the, to those kinds of incentives. Um, yeah. Has, and, has Humble Bundle itself done any of this sort of educational course sales? I don't think so um it seems like it would fit for the question yeah Yeah, i mean they recently did one um which ended not too long ago which was they were which was a little different which was um game developer tools that's the one that's running right now yeah well Um, it's it's running while we record this by the time people listen (laughs) to this (laughs) come on don't don't break the (laughs) just kidding what 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 was in the game developer tool um there's a bunch of like uh sprite renders and like like kind of hardcore game development tools and for 2d games for 2d games and there's like i mean i was looking at it today actually like there's like sdks Mm. um there's a whole bunch of assets that you can you know I'm, I I didn't dig in it too much, but you yeah. know, when you're making games now, now you can choose from a library of like you know here's a library of trees and here's a library of widgets and animals and you can kind of cottages and yeah <laughs> put them all together right um, and there's a whole ecosystem of kind of asset stores that people are essentially yeah. buying buying these assets to put put into their games so yeah that's kind of kind of interesting and we we actually you know, a, a daily deal that we recently had on TechTurt was actually. Um, courses for game development, and, right. and so we pitched that, and then we also pointed people to the humble bundle um, game developer, which you know we had nothing to do with, and we didn't get any benefit for. But we said, you know, if you really want to become a game developer, you know, potentially purchasing both of these bundles could be really useful. Actually, game development is one of those areas where I think um, there's a fair amount of sort of uh, 
outright copying um, as opposed to sort of uh, plagiarism or inspiration mm -hmm. even. You see a lot of assets being stolen, um, sometimes assets for entire games being stolen and converted to, to for use by another developer. Um, it's not just developers in China either. You see it even in the first world. And I Why think are you going to bring a China like that? No one brought well, China. Well, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot. There's a, don't get me in trouble. Uh, it's hard to enforce copyrights in China, and so there's a, there's a lot more of a market uh, incentive to yeah, I mean, but there's but always sort of play a little loose with the rules. That's not just games, though, I think. Yeah. I mean, web, yeah. web development, and especially when you're doing HTML and JavaScript, there's a lot of kind of lifting. And, yeah. and that, in that case, it's really easy because you can just yeah. do view source sure, and, and exactly. pull it down. And but, but yeah, with, with video games, certainly there's, so, you know, if anything becomes popular, suddenly you find, you know, a million clones pretty yeah, but, quickly. But, but to sort of tie it back to Humble Bundle, I think... Uh, even though Humble Bundle offers you the zero price, I think there's mm -hmm. there's a sense in which having a proprietary sort of copyright sort of enables a business model like Humble Bundle to exist. If if all these game development assets right mm -hmm. were not protected by copyright, then if people could just grab them off the internet and use them, yeah, but you can. I mean, any one of these people could, right? So you, I mean, I guess you know the difference there is that. You couldn't, though, because if, with a game development asset, if you use it without permission, if it hasn't right. been donated... So, so legally, you, you would get in legally trouble. Can. Right. So the, the, and but, it actually is... I mean, it's not entirely easy, either. Like, I've been... You know, I'm working on mm -hmm. a game right now, and I'm actually looking for some, you know, ass from assets and, and sounds in, in particular. And I'm looking for free sounds, and there are a few sites that have them here and there, but really, there's, there's not that many high-quality sources yeah. for this stuff, right? So... But and I was when I was looking at the humble bundle for the game developers, like the price is really reasonable. I mean, you're getting like a whole bunch of resources for I think the average right now is like eleven or twelve dollars. Yeah. You know, it's if you're if you want to add the retail price, like it's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars of, of yeah. And and, and so. I think I mean maybe that's true. And and but I you know I think it's it goes beyond that. I mean I don't think the people for the most part I don't think the people who are making the purchases in humble bundle are doing it you know because because of copyright, right? I mean, in a lot of cases, the fact is that the you know it's not always true. Now they have some some you know uh, larger developers who use Humble Bundle, but you know a lot of these are just independent developers, yeah. and people are supporting them because it's kind but of a nice and no. is it good? Is it good for those developers as a, as a business? I um, I don't know. I mean, there have been mixed reports. I know when they did the first ebook bundle, there was a yeah. lot of talk about that, and, and that some people were saying good? that it, it it wasn't great. You know right. that it was it was good because it exposed a lot more people to their to their writing. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of you know, and like I think the first ebook bundle raised over a million dollars. But yeah. even once you split it out amongst everyone, people are like you know the, the game dev one. You know, I think I was just looking. Mm -hmm. I don't know how far. I think there's another half day or day left and. They've sold over a million dollars worth of product of sales, right? Right. Um, and what I wonder is, like, this is the same kind of thing that people talked about, you know, when Groupon was really popular. Yeah. Was that are you as a business kind of giving away your product, thinking that there's promotional value, but you're not actually you're not acquiring that customer. Like after the pro the, the customer gets your, you know, free stuff at a super discount, they come in. In in the Groupon days, yeah. they would come in, you know. Maybe buy a little bit more on that first on that first visit, and then write a whole review on Yelp. You know that was kind of yeah. Like but I, I think this is this is different than than the Groupon situation, right? Because the Groupon situation was it was always pitched as like this is a way to get new customers who will come back and pay full price later. Yeah. I think with Humble, it's much more about like this is this money. is this is price differentiation, right? You're getting marginal buyers who wouldn't 
wouldn't pay full price for your product. So it's not channel conflict. So, so you're not losing any money because most of these individuals were never going to be customers at the full price in the first place. So it's it's purely marginal mo- revenue. Yeah, again, I guess, and then maybe most of these customers aren't even going to actually use any half the stuff that's right. In the well, which was which was the point, right? I mean, so basically, my determination if I'm going to you know, buy any of the Humble Bundles is like, will, am I likely to use <laughs> one of them? Yeah, so right? you, you get like 20 things. Right. So and, you're paying like, some, what, 20, you know, buck, 20 bucks usually? I mean, it depends on bucks? what the... what, what On average, like what do you, like what do you usually... In, in, in the case where I paid for a Humble Bundle, uh, one of them at least, I, I, I bought a bunch of audiobooks, mm-hmm. and I remember one of my motivations to pay was that I wanted publishers that were actually donating these books to to find out that there's a market out there at a lower price than what they're selling it for on audio, audiobook or what's the name of the site? Audible. 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 Yeah. On Audible, a single audiobook can go for like $30. And on the Humble Bundle, I can't remember if it was like five or 10 audiobooks, but it was like pay 10 bucks, right? Right. I well, was hoping that they I mean, would get, pay what you want. Yeah, right? exactly. It's pay what you want. Yeah. But I think the average was 10 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I was hoping that enough people would buy it that it would uh, encourage the publishers to reduce price to, to at but least I mean, experiment with price yeah. is such like a, a funny thing right like to say that an, an audiobook is worth 30 bucks or is worth five dollars is you can't say that any one audio, any audiobook just because of the nature of it being an audiobook is worth anything you don't it has to be the audiobook itself right so that's yeah i'm not saying it has an inherent worth or not i just know what the price is that i'm willing to pay i know for I a book you don't know yeah, about. Right? A book I don't know about, I would never pay $30 for it. I'd have to, it'd have, we would have to come highly recommended. Whereas if it was like 5 bucks, I would make a lot more impulse purchases. Right. I'm constantly making Kindle book purchases for like, for like 5 or 10 bucks for yeah. books that I never actually get around to reading. And I've probably spent like $100 doing that. Whereas yeah. I have definitely not bought even a single audiobook. So, so why like is it in the App Store that it's so pain? Like I feel the pain when I'm... Toiling over a ninety-nine cent purchase in the app store. I, I don't. I I, I impulsively <laughs> click on really? ninety-nine cent. I full of apps. <laughs> my, 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 I pay for apps all the time. I I buy ridiculous. I recently I just bought like a podcasting app, and uh, uh, that that plays podcasts. You know, yeah. not not for recording podcasts. Okay. And I was making and, sure you're not going elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you and it, it was honest? it wasn't a cheap app either. It was like five or ten which, bucks or which something app? like that. I can't remember. And yeah. probably for the better. Way, way I, to give them a, a little yeah. Little I plug. can't remember what it is. But Pocket Casty or something. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. So it, it's a very good app, but it's probably only five or ten percent better than the previous free app that I was using, mm-hmm. and or perhaps worse than it in certain aspects. And um, the thing I was thinking was that, like you know. I just assumed, based on the price, that it was going to be a huge leap above, hmm. and uh, and I actually don't regret the purchase that much. I mean, it was I've, I've wasted money yeah. on other things, but but the thing is with, with Humble Bundle, like imagine that pocket that podcasting app was on Humble Bundle, right? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you there will be a lot more purchasers for it, sure, and, and and they would probably well, you know, depending on how many other things they bundled with, yeah, would probably get a huge volume of purchases because how many people are like me have are like so particular about their podcast player that they need to go and buy a $5 podcast player. Like most of them are probably not going to do that. Uh, I mean, it, it depends, you know, but um, I, I mean, that's kind of a specific market, but, and in fact, in the podcast market, I, I mean, a lot of the apps actually do cost money. So, you know, there's, there are only a few that are really free and, and the quality of the free ones 
tends not to be that great. So there has been a lot of incentive. So I think a lot of people do end up purchasing, at least on Android. I don't know about on, on the iPhone. Um, and so, you know, it, it does kind of depend on the market. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it could be interesting um, to see, like, I mean, if, if it were offered in a different way, like as part of a bundle or something. Um, yeah, it... it, it it, it makes me wonder. The other thing, the other area where I wonder, you know, we're talking about humble bundle and bundling, and it's always with sort of discrete, um, uh, like product products, digital products. But I wonder, is it? Do you think it's possible to do it with digital services as well? So you know, I, I, I mean, that they would they would probably make it like you know a bundle of Dropbox. 10 gigs of Dropbox and then whatever. I mean, what other services would you? Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of what I'm asking. Like, sure, could you do something that's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you could do it for n number of things. I, I think one of the things, though, that, that, that makes these services probably a little bit harder for them to bundle mm -hmm. is the fact that um, so many of them, like things like Dropbox and Google's, you know, various, like, let's say, App Engine or something like that. Let's say we were going to make a, a bundle for digital citizens of some mm -hmm. sort, right? And um, how many of those different services uh, come from providers that don't have uh, otherwise competing offerings in the other in the other sections that you would be offering? If that makes sense, right? Like sure. you have Amazon Music Storage, and then you would have like Google Photo Storage, but then there's also Amazon Photo Storage. Sure, there's like you know what I mean. Like there's so they like I don't know if they'd all want to be bundled together. That's that's one issue. But then again, maybe I'm not being very imaginative about it. Maybe there's um, a whole universe of other sort of digital services that I, that are just not on my radar that really yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, I could so. I could see potentially, you know, where there are, there are services that are more narrowly focused, like yeah, I could like an online dating bundle. Like every <laughs> online dating service together in one. Uh, no, because I, I mean, I think that is interesting, though I think that would run into Hearst's problem where they wouldn't want to do that with each other. But I could see like security bundles, right? Where you could have yeah. like a VPN and a firewall and a antivirus and, a, you know, I don't know what else, right? Where How do you bundle a subscription service? I, well, that's they, what I mean, I'm asking. They would figure that out. I think you could be like, hey, you know, for, for one price you get, you get three months of the VPN or however mm -hmm. many bytes of whatever, you know. I feel like any anybody that's charging for a for a subscription service can figure out how to have a promotional value or sell a certain amount of value for it, right? So yeah, and and I think you know if part of the deal is that you're getting yeah. it for effectively cheaper than if you bought all of them individually. Yeah. There there could be value there that people would go for. We could do an Uber for X bundle where you have all these services bundling <laughs> yeah. all sorts of credits together. You pay twenty dollars and you get you know a whole bunch of credits, which frankly they're giving away for for free right now anyway. And right. That, that feels actually like a not a not a bad user acquisition that maybe I'll put together yeah, actually, and try to sell. Be, yeah. That's a pretty good idea. It's kind of <laughs> interesting. Good idea, Stop the Dennis. podcast and <laughs> yeah. get to work. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, though, I feel like, you know, when we're talking about these things, um, there's a certain amount of, uh, of opportunity, opportunity that uh, Humble Bundle just leaves on the table. And I think How so? It's, it's the opportunity of actually giving some value to the user in terms of curation. And I feel like that's lost because when I look at the but, game but bundles, they, but they are curating. I mean, I think that's not. Isn't I, I that think what they're no, doing? it's opportunism, right? They just um, put together whatever can sell. No, 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 no. What's no. the curation? And, and in fact, it depends. No, the, but in the bundles in, are yeah. in I'm some. Not, in some of them, they've actually done very careful curation. In fact, they've even had like uh, they've I'm, they've named the curator. Like uh, the first the first ebook bundle was uh, curated by Cory Doctorow. 
And so they, they do things like that. Maybe, maybe that was a good one. I, I've bought an, uh, an Android game bundle where I was just like installing them and they were just like not quality yeah, games. Bun- and, and a bundle of games for Android. There you I, go. I know, but that doesn't mean they have. There's a lot of good Android games. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these were not the best. No, that's Android that's games. fair because because I often buy the Android yeah. bundles no, I, and and they are kind of random in terms of what's in there, or at least it feels I, random. And not only that, do do you feel the quality is consistent? Like they've actually well, of gone through. Of course not. No, I see mean, that's but, the thing. But, I mean, but right? some of the, some of them are good, and that's the thing though. If you're buying a bundle, but that's not curation, right? If some no, of that, them are good, I, I if it's it's another thing if you basically say here's yeah, the things that we've collected, but, but that's and they're that's all kind of good. The, the, well, okay, well that's interesting, but. But still, what the nature of bundles is that you don't, I don't, I mean, maybe you care, but I don't personally care. If I get, you know, seven games out of this and I find one to be something that I actually end up playing, like I actually find that bundle worthwhile, even if, even if six of the games were terrible. So then that's actually the opposite of curation. That's like saying, let's throw these yeah. seven together, hoping that one of them hits on you, right? So You are not valuing your time there, <laughs> Like, I, I don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to play through six crap games and but find a seventh gem, you Yeah, know? but I mean, I can figure it out pretty quickly if I'm gonna if I'm gonna stick with it and I can usually when just looking at the bundle say like you know these two games are ones that I be are worth trying and I won't even install the other ones because I don't need to you're but judging I, the book by their cover They're absolutely <laughs> and so you know when it comes to these kinds of things you got to make those kinds of snap judgments but let me let me take a step back because I think we're, we focus we focus on two two of the aspects of the innovations here one is the bundle yeah. and the other is the pay what you want and those are sort of the two most recognizable I, I love the, things I think average price is my favorite one yeah and and so so let's let's talk about that <laughs> leaderboard like, is my favorite so 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 are those ideas applicable to to other areas I don't know I mean, so leader, leaderboard is ridiculous I mean I don't understand no, I think I, I don't get why someone so Someone is paying. I was looking on the on the on the game developer bundle. The top guy paid over two hundred dollars for an average product, average price of eleven. Right, like it's what, the it's the patronage and bling model, and it's, and that uh, and that works yeah. really well in China. And I heard there's like some kind of a Again chat service. <laughs> <laughs> they have some kind of a service where people sing in front of uh, video cameras, yep, and yep. then they stream it, and a lot of people watch, and then yeah. and the people buy presents, digital yep. presents that's, that's for a the huge thing. for the singers, and it sounds they, like cam girls. It, it's well, very very similar, except it's much more chaste, <laughs> right? That, right? Okay. But it, but they but it's not it's, that I know what that is, but <laughs> it's it's huge in China where it's just huh. yeah. It, but here's the thing: yeah. you can buy these specific things like a limo that you can roll onto the screen with and stuff like that, and yeah. and 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 the value of that is really just showing off in it's, front of these virtual promotional right? But that's and that's why I compared it to advertising. I mean, I, it's, it's like an advertisement. I guess I get it. I mean, I guess for for the customer that wants that kind of promotion that the leaderboard product is for them for the average price product i think it's for someone that wants more value but it's kind of a cheapskate so you're like okay well you know why why should i pay above the average so i think that that's that's a fascinating product to me mm-hmm. um because it you know as mike said it's actually as people keep beating the average it keeps moving up and i think the earlier it actually also incentivizes early purchase yep, because you get, to, you get to buy stuff Kind of early, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of my favorite, I think, music models. I always thought there would be a cool way to sell music, which is if you're if you're a musician, the first you know ten thousand people to download your track, 
get it for free, and then every incremental download for that. There, is, there is was like more, a site yeah. that was was trying to do that, and I don't think it really went anywhere. But it was this sort of interesting Same, thing yeah. where if you if you you know it, it was sort of the hip, the, the hip, hipster yeah. <laughs> the hipster music model, which is you know but I feel like the, if yeah. you get in early, yeah. it's cheaper, and then uh, you know as they become more popular, it becomes more expensive. I think where they went wrong with that hipster model is I think the early purchases uh-huh. needed to be purchases with time, so you had to listen to the whole song all the way through. Like oh, I think okay. if they did that, that would be really interesting, right? So. It's like you get it for free if you actually listen to the whole thing. Or, I don't know. Yeah, so. no, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> so imagine doing something like the average price model, but to fundraise for, like, say, a movie, mm-hmm. right? Where you say everyone who pays more than the average gets credited as a patron. So, so right? you sort or, of or maybe mix the Kickstarter and Humble exactly. Bundle kind of... Actually, don't even make it the average. So you got to be, you have to donate at the 80th percentile level before right. you, before you get yeah. well, credit. Well, actually, I mean, Humble's added something like that. They actually, you know, I didn't discuss it in the opening, and it's a more recent addition, but they, they have both the beat the average price, and then they sometimes will have a, an even higher price to get like a couple extra super special right. things that you know the average price is five dollars but to get these you know two mm-hmm. uh, you know other games like in the top quartile or yeah something. i don't i don't even know if they say how they calculate it but they say like you have that's to e- beat this price that's exactly what i mean so for example so you attract the hipsters early on let's say there's something like a, a warcraft movie right or uh-huh. something like that we're actually warcraft's actually there's an actual yeah. movie are hipsters watching that. warcraft movies no i don't know what what's Just the Hirsch what's I'll, I'll get firefly <laughs> right, that's that's something like a, a oh, hipster much, show. That, much hipster, but go on. And, and much more hipster. Anyway, so you reboot the franchise, right? You say, hey, uh-huh. you got this uh, bundle, and the 99th percentile guys get to make a cameo in the movie, right? Okay. And the let's say 50th percentile or whatever, 80 percentile get to basically you know have credits in the movie, and maybe you have some other prizes, right? Yeah. So so it's so it's it's like a Kickstarter, but where the tiers move. Exactly. Based on, on how people are paying and the incentives are to continue to, to increase it or to get in early. It's like a silent, like a silent auction. Or yeah, sort kind, of, kind or, of, but a yeah. more... Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and, but here's a key part too, right? Uh-oh. If, if you're early enough to, yeah. to start donating, right? I mean, you can get to be in the movie for, let's say, 50 bucks early on. Right, right if you're first. Yeah. And, but here's the thing. What if you don't tell people what the 99 percentile level is. Uh, that uh, gets tricky because then you get people pissed off, I think. I think you need the transparency mm-hmm. because yeah. otherwise if people are just guessing... And they pay $100 and they get nothing for it. Yeah, yeah that's going right. to that upset just, people. I think you need the transparency because also when you have the transparency and you have the, the dollar amounts clear, then people know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, like, okay, I need... A hundred dollars to, to get like, into the movie, like the penny auctions. Remember those? So yeah, like those you, are just pure scams. It's a pure scam. You pay a penny for the chance to to win the product, and eventually, yeah, those. Are, yeah, yeah. No, those are I, I think those pennies. are illegal now, aren't they? So I th- I think so. It's I don't know for sure, but th- that was yeah. a big scam That's for a while. Hirsch. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> First, we don't like your, your system anymore. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I think if it's you... It's not my system. It's a Firefly system. <laughs> if you keep it... If you keep, yeah, okay. It's not, I'm kidding. If, if you, yeah, now we're going to get sued by the producers of Firefly. They, um, no, I, I think if you keep it transparent, which is what Humble does, and in fact, they, they make everything very, very transparent, and, and a lot of the, the sort of copycat services that have, have followed where Humble has gone... Um, they also, you know, do it in that way. And I think that's that's really interesting. I I just love you know incentivized systems that, you know that that work in that kind of way. Um, 
And so, I mean, were there any of the other, I mean, we didn't even mention like the, the charitable split. Um, you know, it's one that everyone sort of, the, the thing about the the split part, I think uh-huh. it's it's kind of hidden at the bottom of the humble. Yeah, but um, I mean, they do mention the charity, right? Like some some so. of your donation will go to charities. I, f- I feel like I mean, in my there's just so much stuff pra- packed into sure. a humble, you know. And for like, I hadn't taken a look at it humble for a while when I was looking at it today. It was just like whoa, whoa! Like they kind of went crazy with the product. Yeah, which I which I appreciate, but at the same time, it also like. Simple is not something that I would ex- describe humble, humble bundle as, right? Yeah, so, I mean, but it's not that it, complicated. It's pretty really? comp. Like we're in in a, in a, in a day where basically like the most complicated transaction, right? Like people are still kind of daunted by the whole concept of eBay and and bidding on something. Like it's it's difficult for someone to to kind of look at a product and be like, wait, I don't have to pay what? I don't, and then I can choose where the money goes, and then all of a sudden, you know what? I kind of looked at it it's too much, and I gave up. Right, so. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I wonder how many people abandon a yeah. humble bundle purchase. I, I kind of want, like, if like they can, they can probably notice. You know, they can do some some bounce catching in terms of like, if you're just about to leave and you haven't purchased, just be like, you know what, we boiled it down. This is the really simple thing. You can just buy it for twelve bucks and you get. Well, they they get actually do. They do make it pretty easy when you when yeah. you click to buy. They put in a preset amount. Yeah, and they then do. you you do have to change it, and then the the splits are preset, and you know I imagine most people don't change I, that. Yeah, I, I always change the split, and maybe I shouldn't admit this, yeah. but I always set the charity um, contribution to zero, because I just figure if I'm going to give ter- the terrible human, if being. I'm going to give to charity, I, and I do give to charity, I give yeah. separately anyways. Why do yeah, I need to go to Humble Bundle to give it? Sure, I, that, that's yeah. that's fair I, enough. And and then I mean, for a while there was all this talk because. Um, uh, Notch, right? The guy who created Minecraft, he used to always get in on the humble bundles and often would donate the most to be at the top of the leaderboard. And then yeah. at some point, he actually admitted that he changes, he does the opposite of, of what you did, which is 100% charity. To 100% charity. And people are like, well, hey, wait a second. That's kind of screwing over the indie developers who, who you should probably be supporting as well. Oh, Notch. But, <laughs> but you know, it's. I mean, everyone does the does you know. I guess yeah. so. He cancels out you, Hershey. But that's kind of the point of it. I guess <laughs> yeah. the sliders is that you can do what you want, right? Yeah, so. and I, and I kind of you know I like that element that it gives people. It makes it feel good. It's true, and I, I should really probably do it. I'll probably feel better about myself <laughs> if I do that. I don't know, but I mean, <laughs> but there have been studies that show that 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 if you do pay what you want with a charitable component, people pay more, and and to yeah. the point that it actually makes more money for. The yeah. you know the 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 other person doesn't take away from from the revenue that's going to the right. The Whereas like I, I I use smile.amazon.com all the time and mm-hmm. that's not like a sliding scale. So what does that do? That basically a percentage of all of my Amazon purchases of which I make a lot go to a charity of my choice. Choice. So really, yeah. Why isn't that the default? Right. And well, it's, it they actually do a good job of it. Where now that I'm signed up for it, every time I go to the normal Amazon.com, they're like. Don't you want to go to Smile that Amazon? So, yeah. wow, yeah. So it's actually it's it's kind of a no brainer if you're going to buy from Amazon, you might as well do that, right? So, if you're not using an affiliate from some other right. site like TechDirt, where you yeah. give us extra, <laughs> we we could be the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> leaving that aside. All right, uh, let's do final thoughts on this one. Um, and I mean, I'll just start off and say again. I mean, I, I there's just something about it. I, I what. I, I find fascinating is that they've sort of packed all these sort of really interesting innovations into something that I think, you know, really just works well. And and I just, every time I look at it and think about it, the fact that these incentives all sort of play together in, in a way that 
is really compelling. Um, I, I just find it really exciting. I'm surprised that more people aren't talking about it. Yeah. No, I, I, I hadn't honestly, Mike, given, given them much thought. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, it hits upon so many themes that I actually do enjoy thinking about in terms of like curation and interesting business models and, and frankly, how to, how to get people to buy anything. Right. And I think yeah. that's really interesting there. Um, you know, I've always been a fan of, of Woot and Matt and what, what those, those guys have been doing. And I'll definitely be watching what Humble does, uh, Humble does now. So. And there's another thing which is definitely not unique to Humble Bundle, but just the simple menu, right? The fact that they've mm-hmm. got one thing running now. Right? Yeah, that's true. And that's, that's, I think that, yeah. that simplicity sometimes works against you, but a lot of times it works for you. You go there, you check it every week, you see if what they have is something you're yeah. interested in, and you're done in five minutes as opposed to go to Amazon webpage and you're just like, what? But in the, in the same yeah. way, I mean, Humble, hum, the, the, the target market for Humble is a lot narrower than Amazon. Absolutely. Right? So. Yeah. Yeah, they have that. They have that going too. Yeah, but but uh, it's a it's a really interesting company, and uh, it's been neat to see what they do. And uh, interesting discussion with you guys. And uh, thanks to Dennis and Hirsch for joining us, and thanks to everyone for listening. And we will be back next week. Someone